In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and finding none. It says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. And it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And the state of that person is worse than the first. So our gospel reading. Jesus is describing for you the life of the baptized. When demons are cast out, you're made a child of God, your body becomes the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, full of water and the word in baptism. But there is a danger for the baptized that the demons that once left now torment torment us even more, day and night. This is what happens to those who are baptized. And it is difficult. It's a difficult life. And for those, sometimes it becomes too much to bear. And even the baptized can harden their heart to the word of God. Jesus tells us it would be better, excuse me, St. Peter tells us it would be better for the Christian to never have been one at all than to reject the faith once received. Yes, God will punish those who deliberately turn away from his holy commandment and involve themselves again in the filth of this world, Second Peter. Or, as we heard today, who make their hearts, prepare their hearts for Satan and outrage the Holy Spirit, that he would harden, blind, and ever damn them if they continue in this unbelief. So our Lutheran confession. But let's be clear about this. This is not God's proper work. It's what we call his alien work. He doesn't blind or harden or punish those who turn away from the faith to make their life miserable so that they stay there. Even by allowing people to fall into blindness, hardness of heart, or even under demonic power, he's not doing so to hurt and harm them, and especially to damn them eternally. No, God uses sin, shame, guilt, the death of a loved one, to call us to repentance. Even the work of the devil and his demons is under God's almighty power. Luther once quipped that the devil is God's devil, that he's on God's leash. He's restrained to do God's bidding. So God uses temptation, trial, and even our sin, again, not to hurt and harm us, not to damn us eternally. That would be his alien work but rather for his proper work, for the sake of the gospel, for the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. His proper work is that all would recognize their sin, the threat of death, the challenges, temptations of the devil and our flesh, to repent, to believe in Christ, and to be forgiven for his sake. 
What that means is everything that challenges us, all the difficulties of this life, even the assaults of the devil and his demon host, are a call to confess our sins before God. When we struggle against our flesh, this is God crucifying in us again our flesh to be made alive by the Spirit. When the devil rages and torments us, this is a call, just as our Lord denied the devil in his temptations, so for us to return to God's word, to dwell richly in that word by which he quenches all the devil's fiery darts. When we come once again under the influence of this world, under its pollution, even bringing that pollution into the church, it's a call again for us to return to God's holy word, which is our only defense and shield. And thanks be to God, the battle, actually, is not ours to fight at all. God is faithful. He will do it. He saves us without and even despite our reason and our strength. The battle is already won. The victory is already ours in Christ. Christ has already triumphed over the devil by his death. He has already cast down every false god, every idol from its throne by his victory. And so we receive his victory. It doesn't come by our striving to win against Satan and his host, against our flesh, against sin, but rather to receive from him the victory in the spoils of Christ. Christ won the victory over death by his death. He gives you this victory and keeps you with him through his many gifts. Today we heard a demon refer to your body as its home. (laughs) And so this is why Jesus casts out demons. He does not want demons to take up residence in your body home that's been reserved for him, reserved to be a dwelling place for his Holy Spirit. Our bodies are his sanctuary, and just as much as this congregation, this building, is his sanctuary today for his word. But by nature, our bodies, we learn, are dwelling place for the devil that we are under the devil's power until Christ claims us as his own. This morning at 8 o'clock we had a baptism, and uh, we use a baptismal rite that's in our hymnal. There's actually an alternate rite that's given in the pastor's materials that's based upon Luther's original reform of the baptismal rite. And it includes one thing that I think was probably just a little too hard for the hymnal committee to handle. So they had to include it in extra materials, not in your hymnal. But it's this. At the beginning of the baptism rite, the pastor is given to say, out unclean spirit and make room for the Holy Spirit in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is sometimes referred to as the little exorcism. But it's true. Even if it's hard for us to hear or understand, It is true that we are under the captivity of the devil until Christ claims us as his own. And he does so by holy baptism. That is the finger of God that casts the evil one out. 
In holy baptism, God exercises the devil and all his angels from their hold upon you as he places the strong name of the Holy Trinity upon your forehead and upon your heart to mark you as one redeemed. And he has promised that with baptism comes the gift of the Holy Spirit as he takes up his residence in you to keep you in the faith, to return you to the faith, to strengthen you in the faith. For where the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is given, there the Godhead dwells, the whole Godhead dwells by faith. This is the great and powerful work of Jesus for you, for your salvation. This is you receiving the spoils of his victory over sin, death, and devil. Jesus himself is the finger of God, whose mighty touch casts out demons, whose hand cleanses the iniquity, who raises up the dead when he takes, say, the little girl by the hand. This is what Jesus does. He is the stronger man who binds up the strong man and takes all his spoils. He casts out Satan's demonic hold upon you and your baptism. Out on clean spirit and make room for the Holy Spirit. He waters the parched desert of your heart with his living water. And the Spirit continually then keeps you in the faith, returns you to the faith, strengthens you in the faith by his word. Luther reminds us in the large catechism that the most effective help against the devil, against the world, and all evil thoughts, the most effective help is to be occupied with God's word, to speak it, and to meditate on it. God's word is your gift in your baptism. There's no more sweet smell to you, and really no more effective repellent against the devil and his wiles and ways than to be with Jesus to continually to return to him in his word. That's why at the end of the gospel today, we heard a woman who raised her voice and said, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed, to which some actually have turned into dogma and religion, worshiping Jesus' mother in a way. But notice what Jesus said. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it or treasure it. God's word, again, is the repellent against the devil. It is your holy treasure given to you in your baptism, so that by baptism and the keeping of God's word, you be kept safe here in the ark of the Christian church or in your grave until our Lord's reappearing. May God grant it in the name of Jesus. Amen.